listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. We are back. Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Once again, my name is Faraz Sadiqi. We're here with Zach Rizzuto. We're talking NFC West today. We're previewing all four teams in the division, letting you guys know who we're targeting, who we're avoiding, just overall thoughts about how we think these teams are going to be operating in 2023. We got the Seahawks, we got the Cardinals, we got the 49ers, and the Rams. Zach, who's winning this, this division? Who's winning this division? The easy pick would be to say the 49ers. And I think I'm going to go with the easy pick. <laughs> I just don't think anybody's going to. They have a good defense. They have a loaded offense. I don't care who they start at quarterback. I mean, if they choose, they should be choosing between Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. Sam Darnold, I'm not even thinking about him. But they have two quality starting quarterbacks on their roster. They'll be just fine. I don't see it a way that they don't win the division again. The Cardinals are going to be hot trash. The Seahawks, I, I like the Seahawks, but not as much as the 49ers. So I think the Seahawks are a popular second pick. And then the Rams, I think, are third. Um, they're going to have Matthew Stafford back. They're going to have Cooper Cup back. I don't know how they're going to play. I think they're going to be just fine. I think they'll be more competitive than they were last season. But I don't see them challenging either the Seahawks or the 49ers to you know, kind of take those one or two spots. So I think this one might be telegraphed already. I might have my bets in on this. You know, maybe I should go play some after this podcast. I feel like that's a pretty solid ranking right there. It's 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 amazing that we have no idea who the quarterback is for the 49ers, but we're just shooing them in as the division winners. Um, you know, last you week, look at their we roster. Thought, it's just so yeah. much better, I think, than almost any other team, even not even in the division, but also the league. Like it's complete. I mean, it doesn't really matter who's starting a quarterback. We saw that with Brock Purdy last season. He wasn't anything special. All you have to do is be able to, you know, make the passes that you have to make. And it worked out fine for them. That's amazing, man. But, um, you know, we did talk about the NFC East and AFC East last week. So make sure to tune into those episodes for those eight teams. Um, let's get into some news and notes. And, you know, we'll get to the DeAndre Hopkins news last since he is part of this division. And we'll flow right into breaking down uh, what's left of the Cardinals. But first, uh, ESPN's Michael DiRocco writes that the Jaguars didn't want to see Travis Etienne taking 74% of the running back carries again. And, you know, this is in line with what, with what we've been talking about this offseason, right? They drafted Tank Bigsby in the third round. He's a good running back. They also have Dearness Johnson. And, you know, combine that with what Doug Peterson has been saying about lightening up Etienne's workload, it all points to a legit timeshare. You know, Thunder... Yeah and lightning type of combination here with tank, I think being the thunder ETN being the lightning, right. Um, mm. You know, who gets goal line carries? Like, I think that remains to be seen as well. Um, you know, ETN wasn't the most efficient goal line back last year, something to monitor there. Um, but I think tank Bigsby is good enough to take away legitimate touches from ETN. I still think ETN is going to be like the one a in this backfield, but I think it's going to be relatively close. And Doug Peterson has been talking about this. So, not a surprise that they took Bigsby there. And I think we shouldn't be surprised uh, with what we're expecting going into the season. Yeah, I completely agree. I look at it kind of as a situation like the commanders had last season, you know, where Brian Robinson was the thunder. Antonio Gibson might have been the lightning. Obviously, I think Travis Etienne's better than better than Antonio Gibson. But if, I think if I had to predict what like a timeshare between them would look like, that's kind of what I envisioned. You know, especially like you said with Doug Peterson, the way he's historically run offenses, he hasn't really had a specific lead back you know it's just kind of by committee that kind of thing and i look at travis Etienne's current adp on underdog it's the rb12 
does that feel a little bit rich for you? You know, considering the fact that, you know, Tank Bigsby was drafted in the third round, that's relatively high draft capital. Do you think that might be a little bit rich for you to target him Hell at yeah. RB12? Hell you see yeah. it coming down. Uh, it should, but RB12 for Travis Etienne right now, that's way, way too high for me, man. I don't think he's going to finish as an RB1. I do think the offense is going to take a step forward, but like if we're projecting Tank Bigsby to, to be a big part of this backfield, I don't see a world where ETN is, you know, finishes as an RB1, especially because he's not catching passes. He was on the field, you know, like, like I just mentioned, 74% of snaps last year. That should come along with a good amount of work in the receiving game. He didn't get that. He didn't earn those targets. So I'm, I'm not expecting that this year either. Right. Yeah. With, with Travis ETN, I look at it as, you know, he's the receiving, he was the receiving guy last season. He wasn't like that fantastic at it anyway. So now that, What's, what's his name? Tank Bigsby's coming in. I think that this is going to be pretty bad news for Travis Etienne as a workhorse. He's not going to get that type of workload anymore. So for me, RB12 definitely feels a little bit rich. I could see him having, you know, I think he has week um, weekly RB1 upside. You know, he might finish sure. inside the top 12 a couple weeks here or there. Um, I could see him scoring 10 touchdowns too on limited touches, you know, kind of Tony Pollard-esque. But I don't think yeah. that he's going to be able to return on this RB12 price. Um, especially with Tank Bigsby there. So, yeah, that's a really important thing to you know, keep in mind when you say, I saw that report too when it came out, and I thought you might be a little bit upset about that because I know you were a big Travis Etienne guy I last am. season. I am. I still am. You still are. Okay. But, but I, 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 I think I'm trying – I, I have been a Travis Etienne guy since he came into the league. However, I do think that Bigsby is good enough to take right. away from Etienne, and we saw what Etienne was capable of last year. He had a lot of big plays, but – you know, he could have done a little bit better given the opportunity that he had, to yeah. be honest. Okay, that, moving that's on. That's fair. Yeah. Apparently, Jimmy G did, in fact, fail his physical earlier when he signed with the Raiders, and he had to have foot surgery after signing with them. And it's possible that if he doesn't get back in time, the Raiders can void his contract. That's according to Pro Football Talk, so take that with a grain of salt. Uh, we always do when any reports come from them, but I personally doubt that this ends up happening because this this would yeah. be a really like really really bad situation for the Raiders um, if they end up do voiding his contract. But you know, Jimmy is not healthy right now. Okay, that's something to monitor. Brian Hoyer is their current backup at the moment, so um. it looks like we're about to see uh, Carson Wentz <laughs> on the Raiders soon. <laughs> you know, I, that, I saw that somewhere. Somebody tweeted that out, and it's hilarious. Carson Wentz on the Raiders, and. That wouldn't be far-fetched if this whole scenario would go down. But like you said, I don't see that happening. Like, we hear about this kind of stuff, like these real minute things. Oh, this could happen. That could happen based on some clause in a contract in case of that. I don't see it happening. I think Jimmy G is going to be fine. You know, if he ends up missing a little time, oh, well. You know, I, I don't think they're going to drop um, their plans to have him as their quarterback at this point in the offseason. You know, they, get, they signed him in – their first wave of free agency is what it was, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So, like, this was an early signing. They knew that's who they wanted as their quarterback. I don't think they view him as a long-term answer, but, you know, a short-term bridge. Maybe they could, like, get a rebuild underneath them while they do this. Uh, I think that Jimmy G is the quarterback in Las Vegas. So, I'm not expecting him to have any issues. Sure, he failed his physical, but until we see something actually getting closer to him, maybe not even being with the team, you know, I I'm just kind of letting that float in the wind. I'm not paying too much credence to it. So you're still drafting Devontae Adams. I think I'm drafting you know, him. Under, under right now. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm drafting him regardless. I mean, it's Devontae okay. Adams we're talking about. And he's I don't want to say he's quarterback proof because he's had two good quarterbacks. Derek Carr is good enough. Aaron Rodgers was great. Um, but I'm not too worried about him. He's gonna command targets. He doesn't, you know, fall behind other guys. It's not like he's gonna get out targeted by Jacoby Myers, regardless of who's playing quarterback. But Brian Hoyer, I don't want to see him starting week one that's just me no, as I, I said it's like ouch I, I will i will say on my recent underdog drafts that i've been doing you know garrett wilson amara st brown cd lamb those low-end wide receiver ones that have been on the board like late first round early second and when devon Adams is still on the board it's been hard for me to click his name man it has yeah. I, I can't i have to be honest all right but that's just me all right, a few quick OTA notes. Uh, wide receiver, rookie wide receiver for the Colts, Josh Downs, is dealing with a knee injury, uh, apparently minor, according to their head coach. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, Anthony Richardson is currently splitting snaps with Gardner Minshew at OTAs. It's very possible that we see Anthony Richardson start week one. He's already splitting reps with the veterans, so that, that's good news for him. Yeah. Uh, moving to the Lions, uh, David Montgomery has a leg injury that he suffered during position drills. Jameer Gibbs also missing some OTA time with an ankle injury. So, you know, no idea how severe yeah. either one is at this point. So we're staying tuned uh, on that. They need DeAndre Swift. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly they That's need the... DeAndre Swift. Oh, oh man, it's too <laughs> funny. Too um, let's see. Uh, Javante Williams is practicing in a limited capacity. Makes sense, given the extent of his injuries and his recovery. Yeah. Uh the Athletics Don, I'm sorry, the Athletics Dan Duggan writes that it's hard to see a substantial role immediately for rookie wideout Jalen Hyatt. You don't say, Dan. You don't say. <laughs> Literally, what I've been saying, what I said last week during the our NFC East preview episode. Yeah. Just tune into that episode for more on that situation. Uh, a lot of people want to peg Eric Gray as the three-down handcuff to Saquon Barkley. They just drafted him. I think it was in the fifth round. Uh, but the athletic Charlotte Carroll believes that Matt Breida is the safe number two option behind Saquon Barkley this season. Okay, so if you're drafting Eric Gray as a handcuff, he might not be that handcuff that you're thinking that he is. Um, not saying to draft Matt Breida either because this could be a, a legit timeshare behind mm -hmm. Saquon. It's just, that, it's just so that, like, you know, Matt Breida would be, like, the, the first guy up basically the one yeah. a if Barkley were to miss time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. All right. Now the big one, Deandre Hopkins released by the Cardinals. They couldn't find a trade partner. They couldn't find a team willing to give up capital and take on Hopkins contract. So Hopkins now has the ability to sign with whichever team he'd like to sign with the chiefs and bills obvious fits for him. Um, they don't have much cap space, so they have to do some cap magic, be a little creative to make that right. happen, which is very possible. Uh, but it does seem like both of these teams are actually very interested. Uh, Jeremy Fowler is reporting that the Bills and Chiefs are in an arms race for Hopkins. Um, there was another report that said that, um, you know, these two teams are the teams that were being aggressive in trying to trade for him, but they couldn't get a deal worked out probably because of the contract. Um right. And it's interesting because, like, a little bit of a side note for Kadarius Tony, um, you know, Chiefs are viewing him as like a legit number one type receiver, so they might not be as aggressive, which seems a little silly to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> but what another thing that's interesting is that you know, is there going to be a dark horse team that comes in and just offers Hopkins like way more money, right? Mm. And does he does he take it? 
I, you know, I think that's the question, right? Like, is he going to join a uh, contender for, you know, I think less money because both these teams have a little bit of a cap situation, um, right. which makes sense because they're two of the best teams who are very wide receiver needy right now. Um, that's the question. So, you know, I, yeah. I, I would, I'm really interested to see what happens. What are your over, overall thoughts about the situation? I wouldn't say the Bills are wide receiver needy. <laughs> you know, I, I think that I think they have Stephon Diggs. I like Khalil. Shakir. That's it, though. Gabe Davis is there. Yeah, I mean, that's it. They just drafted Dalton Kincaid. He's not a wide receiver, obviously, but he's a tight end. They have guys, I think, more than the Chiefs. And I, like you said, sure. I wouldn't be putting all my eggs in the Kadarius Tony basket just because you know injuries obviously have kept him off the field for a long time, and he hasn't really produced as you know a true wide receiver one like they say they're supposedly viewing him as so that's interesting to me i think let me uh, go ahead let me pose a question for you too though okay all right the chiefs won a super bowl last year without their wide receiver without like legit wide receivers like juju was their best wide receiver you Mm -hmm. know he didn't come through when you needed him a lot of the times even for the chiefs they won a super bowl the bills i think one of the reasons why they couldn't get it going you know, late in the playoffs was because they didn't have a, that uh, that other weapon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I kind of feel like even though it would be great for the Chiefs, you know, on, on the depth chart, on paper, they need a wide receiver. But they can mm-hmm. kind of get it done with that one. And Patrick Mahomes kind of proved that, you know, last year. And yeah. would and Josh Allen, he needed Stephon Diggs to come over to, you know, for him to take that next step. Patrick Mahomes didn't necessarily need that, although he did have Tyreek Hill as soon as he – and Kelsey when he's yeah. on the field. So <laughs> – Patrick Mahomes has Kelsey, not not much behind him. Josh Allen has Stephon Diggs, not much behind him. I think both these teams, you know, could use that guy. They could use him. And if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, I view it as, you know, he's made his money in his career. You know, he negotiated that deal with the Cardinals. He's one of the highest paid wide receivers, you know, in league history. That's fine. I think at this point he's looking to just join a contender. Either of those teams make sense. I think the Chiefs are a safer bet personally, but that's just might just be because, you know, they won the Super Bowl and the Bills didn't. The Bills have yeah. the talent. They just have to put it together. The Chiefs, I think, with Patrick Mahomes, I don't see how if he was offered money, a good amount of money, that he doesn't go to the Chiefs. And I'm yeah. kind of intrigued that if DeAndre Hopkins goes to the Chiefs, I think Kadarius Tony could do really well as a wide receiver too. Two or one B, whatever you want to call it. I think he could do really well with a running mate. I think he could really do some numbers, that kind of thing. So that, I think, would be the ideal spot for me for DeAndre Hopkins to go. But I saw like a tweet or a sleeper update either yesterday or the day before that he had posted a Jets logo on his <laughs> story or something like that. Did you I click it or no? It. No. <laughs> okay. So if you clicked it, then you would have known that is like, you know, is it an Easter egg or not? Like he basically just posted like a random picture. Okay. Yeah. And there was like TVs in the background. And you know, like the ticker on the bottom of like ESPN. Right. Yep. Like they just happened to be talking about the Jets, so there was a little Jets logo on the TV. All right. That's all it was. That's all it was. It's fair. It's fair. All right. Now, well, why did he post right. it? It seemed right. like he posted it with zero context. Yeah. Okay. So was he? Is he just? And you know, I feel like Hopkins just like tries to rile the people up. Like, is it just me? Is this he's like Aaron Rodgers? This, I feel like it is. He's kind of been you know doing this all off season, where he's just like giving little hints here and there, going on, <laughs> going, going on. I'm athlete talking about the quarterbacks he wants to play with mm-hmm. while still a part of the Cardinals. Like, come on, dude. You know, what early I'm in the so off season, I feel like, yeah. yeah, he early in the off season he was at the Cowboys training facility, training with Des <laughs> Bryant. It's like that kind of thing. 
I tell you what, that got me riled up a little bit. I, I was right. thinking maybe you know something was going on there, but nothing. He, he's so now, getting he's getting every like fan base like hyped up that like he's going to yeah. come over because who know? doesn't want so. DeAndre Hopkins, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but no, I, listen, I agree. Like, if you had to ask me, like, hey man, where do you want him to go? Like, I want him to go to the Chiefs. Yeah, where's the second place you want him to go? I I, I kind of want him to go with the to the Bills. Now I will say this: if he goes to the Bills, um, you know. You got to think about the impact that that's going to have on Stefan Diggs, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I like I would love Hopkins there. And I think Hopkins, you know, value would go way up if he's on the bills. But, you know, it's going to be it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, if he's Stefan Diggs, you know, where does that target share end up going? I still think he's a elite talent. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to take some target share away. I, I, I really do think that. And and on top of that, you have Kelsey on the other side on the Chiefs. What does that do to him? Right. Um, I think at the end of the day, um, it's going to help, you know, both offenses. It's going to help both mm-hmm. these guys get open. Um, so I think both them, both guys will be able to perform regardless of whether they add DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how much of a hit they end up taking if that were to be right. the case. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 